But Tulsi, why would we talk calmly when it's so fun to scream and get attention from screaming? <laughs> My bad. Team, it's getting a little drafty in here. Now, I love camo as much as the next girl who likes to cosplay war, but the thing is, a war is actually a brewing. The selective service system is actually real and is there to draft Americans into an apparent upcoming war. Fuck. <laughs> Today, as we talk the truth about all the fighting, I wanted to bring in the one person that I have seen represent peace for years. She's my favorite. She ran for president of the United-ish States of America, a vet of the armed forces still serving in the Army Reserves. Her new podcast, The Tulsi Gabbard Show, is out now, and she's the only person I wanted as the first guest on The Arbor Effect. Tulsi Gabbard, welcome to the Arbor Effect. Here we are. You recently left the Democratic Party, which good because it seems like a baby shower that nobody wanted to be at. Why did you leave? And do you really think the other side's gonna be better? It is a great question. And I know there are a lot of people in this country who are asking similar questions and feeling the same way that I feel, frankly, which is I've been a Democrat an independent Democrat, but I've been a Democrat nonetheless for the last 20 years. And when I joined the Democratic Party, I joined a party that was inspired by Dr. Martin Luther King, yes. who talked about how we should judge each other based on the content of our character, not the color of our skin. A party led by President, uh, you know, the, the vision of President John F. Kennedy, who talked about the need to fight for peace, uh, ensure our freedoms and fight for civil liberties. A big tent party that said, hey, you and I might not agree on different things. You might have different positions, but we are a party that fights for the people. We are the party that fights for to protect our planet. We are the that's, party that that's fights. That's not it at freedom. all anymore. Yeah. That's not at all it anymore. And that really goes to why I left the Democratic Party, uh, because it is unrecognizable. And unfortunately, it's being controlled by people who don't want us to think for ourselves, who mm -hmm. don't support free speech. And for anyone who dares to disagree or challenge or question whatever their narrative of the day is, it's not enough to just say, okay, well, let's agree to disagree immediately they come at you with attacks and smears and attempts to silence and censor people. To me, you are the only person in politics that I've ever seen or experienced. Like, to me, you're my number one. Wow. That has the level of integrity that even if the party you're in is doing something you don't agree with, you'll say it. And even if someone else is doing something you don't agree with, you'll say it. To me, you're Wonder Woman. Oh my gosh, I'm wearing my Wonder Woman ring. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> yeah, not just because you do have a similar aesthetic. Um, do you feel it will be any different on the right? Because my personal experience, and I, I hate to say this, but over the last two years since I said, make America great again, because I believe in free speech and that's what I thought that party would believe in, I experienced the identical thing on the right. So do you think there's any different or do you think it's time to start something new? Well, I've left the Democratic Party and I'm an independent. Um, I think it's important to look at people, look at leaders, look at politicians based on what they stand for, what their priorities are, what they're committed to, rather than blindly follow one party or another. The other thing is, like you're saying, there are problems with both parties. I think if you ask people in the Republican Party today, uh, a variety of people, what does the Republican Party stand for? If you ask five people, you might get five different answers. Yes. And uh, there, there is a lot of vitriol, unfortunately, across the board in our politics, exactly what you're talking about, where there's like these artificial purity tests that people set, where if you don't meet this mark or you're not screaming loudly enough on this issue or that issue, 
uh, then you become part of the problem. The Democrat Party has become almost completely, if you if you are not good enough by their standard, which changes on a daily basis, then, then you are unacceptable. You have no space. There's no space for you there. My experience with, with a lot of my friends in the Republican Party, people mm-hmm. who I've worked with in Congress, uh, we have disagreed on a whole host of issues, but we have remained friends because that friendship was based on respect. Yes. And the fact that if you and I, we are, everyone's going to disagree. I hope people disagree on issues. Same. That's important. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to be the exact be. same as you. Yeah. Exactly. That we're not evolving. If, if we were just like, right. If we're just robots with blinders on like, oh, I am part of this team or that team. And therefore I can't think for myself. I can't ask questions. I can't say, hey, look, I think you might be wrong on that. And here's why. Yeah. Which is how we grow. It's how exactly. we grow together. It's literally how we learn as well. So um, I actually went toe to toe with a, a former Navy SEAL on your behalf the other day on Twitter Interesting. because he was in the cancel vibes. He is a, a Republican, but he was in cancel mode uh, because of your thoughts on abortion. And he's like, you know, basically you're a false flag. You are pro-abortion, which means that you can't possibly be a good person. And I just so much disagree. I have such strong, valued Christian friends. And, you know, I've had this talk with them about it. And I'm just of the thought that if I have my faith in God, which I do, then I have the faith that it's his job to judge, not my job. And that there is such a list of things that America needs to worry about first that if we're going to die on every hill, then we're all just going to die. That's what's going to happen. So how do you feel about people that are like, no, if you don't agree on this one thing, then we're not cool. Pick a different side. (laughs) Yeah, it's just not real. Like what what in our lives is is so completely black and white that there's no room for any dialogue or conversation. And Harry I, and Potter, I, Harry and, Potter. If people don't okay. like Harry Potter, I don't like them. <laughs> for you, that's the hill. Got that's it. the hill. I've got a tattoo of that too. I'm showing you all my things. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> and we've all got our things. Yeah, that's but, mine. But, but whether we're talking about, and by the way, whatever his representation of my position was, I can almost guarantee it's not accurate. Mm. But the point is that um, <laughs> you mean you don't want to just go killing able... babies? No, I'm, oh, okay. I'm 100 percent opposed to that. Cool. <laughs> um, we do. We do need to be able to have a conversation because whether it's the issue of abortion or guns or uh, foreign policy, the issue of peace and war, the mm-hmm. issue of freedom. If we can't actually have dialogue and conversation, uh, listen to each other's perspectives and experiences that may have formed that position then there is no hope. There is no hope to go forward. We will end up where we have been. It's just not effective. It is actually destructive and divisiveness. If I want to try to convince you of something, it's not a very effective strategy to call you names and you know, make you feel like you're what? a piece of crap. No, just make a ton of memes about me. <laughs> That'll do it. Like this is, this is what's a little hard for me as a comic is I have god it's i'm get torn on this donald trump jr's instagram page he is the general in the meme war that's what he goes under some of those memes are such amazing comedy (laughs) that i can't help but not love them you know but i also at the end of the day go okay is this actually helping like if i'm calling someone an idiot every day or if they called me an idiot every day i don't want to be their friend let alone even listen to anything they're saying so as much yeah go ahead I was just going to say, I think that's where people like you, like stand-up comedians, I'm friends with Joe Rogan, I'm friends with some of these other guys, Tony Hinchcliffe I just met recently, um, 
you guys have such an important role to play in our society because we have to be able to laugh with each other mm -hmm. and at each other sometimes, like have a good sense of humor about it all and also recognize through that we can also better understand each other. It's not exactly. derisive making you feel like a total piece of shit. No. It's actually being able to look at like, all right, cool. Like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And there's, uh, we, we need to be able to have a laugh, but we also need to be able to recognize the value in each other. Exactly. Thank you for that. I am Canadian. I'm a proud American immigrant who did it the right way and spent a lot of money and took a lot of years. Um, but being Canadian, <laughs> We just don't have the same level of offense on everything when it comes to comedy. Like, we grew up with the hockey players. We all rib each other. If someone isn't making fun of you, that means they don't like you. You know, like, mm. that's how we even show love and stuff. So Interesting. Switching Do you think, it now, I, I'm curious. I'm curious. Is that still the case, like, in this whole, like, quote, cancel culture? Is yeah. it still that way in Canada? Yes. The news Good. is different. The news wants us to yeah. believe that we're all fighting, but... We're not. Right now, I feel like it's the United-ish states of America. Yeah. And I see people talking about, we should just divide the states up. There is a world war brewing. Is that the same feeling that you're getting? Oh, well, there's, there's two things there. Yes, there is a world war brewing. Uh, our, our president, the Biden administration, and other warmongers in Washington are pushing us very, very quickly towards the brink of nuclear war. And this isn't just like, Tulsi's hyperbole or fear-mongering, as some people like to say. This is mm -mm. a fact that is recognized by nuclear experts and foreign policy experts across the spectrum. And people are very concerned because we're waging a proxy war against Russia, another nuclear-armed power. They have more nuclear warheads than the United States. Gosh. And there is no end in sight. This proxy war that's using the Ukrainian people and sacrificing them in this war to uh, change the regime in Russia or defeat Putin, uh, it is coming at a great cost, not only to the people of Ukraine, but the people of America, Canada, people around the world who will suffer, who will die, who will be destroyed mm -hmm. should this World War III and nuclear war kick off, which is why I've been so outspoken, frankly, for years, because the signs have been on the wall. It's why I ran for president in 2020 to bring this issue to the forefront are you coming back? President Biden has has uh, pushed us to the edge. I, I didn't let you where? finish because I got too excited. Will, <laughs> will you be running again? I know you probably can't say know. now, but yeah. like, well, I just want to let you know I was so excited when you did run because for the first time ever, ever, and I follow politics in a way that I don't watch reality TV. I watch politics because it's real reality, um, and I was just like, oh my gosh, there's a chance, like. In my war room slash peace room table, you're sitting nice. in there with Daddy DeSantis. He's in there too. Mm -hmm. um, we've got Dan Crenshaw because I think he can appeal to different different kinds of people in there. But over the last two years, I've kind of seen all of the people who make sense and don't want us to go into a world war seem like they're all in the same party, regardless of what party they're supposed to be on. Most Americans, I think it's close to 50% at this point, don't identify as Republicans or Democrats. And I think it comes from that frustration of how, when it comes to the issues of war, how it comes to the issues of big pharma, making lots of money off of people's addiction and suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at kind of the big special interests and on those issues, you often find top Republicans and Democrats are speaking as though they are part of the same team. 
yep. which in essence they are because it's, but it's not team America. It's not yes. team the American people. That's that, exactly that right. That is exactly right. It's, it's funny. You know, I didn't want to interrupt you again. I think a little quick, You're good. but, uh, <laughs> As you were saying, you know, we've seen people transition. I just think there's some irony in that, that people are trans yeah. out of their parties now <laughs> and they're getting mad about it. So good. Yeah. Let's all be trans Americans. Um, transition to the anti-war party would be like, actually yeah. not even anti-war, pro-peace. How do we do that? It's, like, how does the average person? It's, you know, the, the sad part is the pro-war people, the people who are trying to push us into endless wars with one country or another that don't actually serve our national security interests, but end up making mm -hmm. us less safe mm -hmm. and undermining our freedoms in the process. You know, these people criticize me and say, Tulsi's an isolationist. She's a pacifist. I wear the uniform and I'm proud to serve our country as a soldier in the Army Reserves. And I stand ready like everyone else who wears this uniform to defend our freedom, to defend the American people and our safety and security against those who seek to threaten us. Problem is the things that they say they are for, democracy and freedom and helping people, uh, we lose all of those things when they continue to escalate war and push us into one regime change war after another. I know it's easy for commonsensical humans like us to be like, hey, let's not go to war and blow us all up because life is fun. Other than just voting, on a day-to-day, -day, do you see a solution to the two guns pointed at each other? Well, no, this side will have a spear because they're anti-gun. Only in movies you can have guns. How do we become friends? I've said make America friends again for years. That should be the slogan. Because if we're not yeah. united, then we're going to fall to China. I've talked about China coming for years as well. Russia. Uh, the Koreas are looking a little shaky as well. How do we unite on a day-to-day -day so that we're not just this disaster of people who hate each other by the time yeah. a war comes, should it come? You know, you started the sentence by saying, you know, it can be easy for us commonsensical people to have a conversation <laughs> about these things. But unfortunately, in, in our society, it's not easy anymore. I've had friends of mine when I served in Congress, Republican friends, wonderful people, say, Tulsi, I like you, you're awesome, but I hope no one ever takes a picture of us together because if people back home see that picture, they will, they will attack me to no end and I might lose my job. Wow. Um, they're, they're the, I think the fact that our ability to converse and have dialogue as a, as a country has become actually very hard. And so we, we can't take it for granted and we have to encourage people to exercise our right to free speech and to actually be willing to sit down and have a conversation with someone who might not believe in every single thing that you do. But so, so cancel really them? Remember. <laughs> so can right, exactly. cancel them instantly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Oh um, gosh. I think we just gotta remember who we are. And, and it was beautiful what you said earlier about having faith in God, because that is where we have to start. Mm -hmm. And that is where the solution is. If you and I, uh, you know, might disagree on something, we can have a conversation that's based on respect because we're connected in that spiritual way. We're all God's children. Yes. And if we keep that at the forefront, then our decisions, our solutions that we put forward have to then be in the interest of making things better. That is where there's, I think there's a spiritual battle going on. Uh, in this country and and where we every one of us we have to speak up we have to reach out and we have to vote to change the leadership in this country to one um you know that is of by and for the people yes it brought me to so there's someone like glenn beck 
who, in yeah. my personal opinion, anyone who doesn't like Glenn Beck, I don't trust. You know, <laughs> I, I've spent some time with him. I don't have to agree with everything he says, but I think inherently he's a wonderful human being who loves America and wants the best for everybody. Um, and then there's, you know, other maybe political influencers online that have huge followings that they just don't have that kindness to them, too. Like, I don't mm -hmm. think they want to bring the country back together. I think they want to make money off pissing people off. Uh, yeah. You know, there's there's fear mongers, but I think there's rage mongers who are yeah. profiting off pissing off either side. Uh, like I've been trying to figure out a way to almost like disengage these people and yeah. point out that, hey, anyone that's trying to make you angry all the time and they're profiting off that probably doesn't have your best interests at heart. So look for the politicians or the political influencers who are trying to create unity and trying to reunite America. Yes, uh, I, I agree with what you just said. And um, the, the currency of the day is our attention, mm. uh, right? People are making, whether you're talking about, you know, how they showed in the movie, uh, The Social Dilemma, how social media big tech has figured out how to capitalize off of our attention. And so we can make choices. But Tulsi, why would we talk calmly when it's so fun to scream and get attention for <laughs> screaming? Does that not work? This is well, me. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. I was just going to say, tell me, I wish somebody would tell me how that works in your home with your significant other or with your parent or child or your best friend. Tell me, tell me how great that works out for you there. <laughs> no, like, of course, screaming at people all the time works. Of course. Right. Like, it makes me think of Dr. Phil being like, how'd that working out for you? You know, like, <laughs> bro, funny. it's not. It's definitely not. Yeah, and it hasn't not. worked. This is no. one thing that just gets me going just as an adult. Hey, we've tried the same thing over and over. I'm talking to both sides right now. Screaming yeah. at each other at the top of our lungs, calling each other every name in the book, trying to cancel each other if we don't agree on even minute little details, it hasn't yeah. worked. Why no. would we keep doing the same thing over and over? Isn't that the definition of insanity? Like it, it is, it is. It and you know what sense. I find is, is um, well, I'll, I'll one example. Earlier this year, I was invited to go and speak at this big conservative con conference called CPAC. Yes. Um, it it is uh, it gets a lot of attention, and I was a little surprised that I got invited to go speak, but immediately said yes because what a great opportunity to go and speak to thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And um, I told some of my friends, both Democrat and Republican friends, after I got the invitation that I was going, and I think all my Democrat friends said, you are absolutely insane. Uh, some of my Republican friends said, oh, that's great. I'm so happy they're inviting you. Other Republican friends said, oh, my gosh, you're insane. Those people are crazy. I would never go and speak to them. But, but the reception that I got going there was really, really incredible. And I wish that that was the news story, that this, oh. this very, very um, prominent, very conservative organization invited me to provide a keynote speech. Glenn Beck actually spoke right before me and kind of introduced me. And, and it, was, it, was, it warmed my heart. And he couldn't, have, he couldn't have said it any better because he focused on who we are as Americans and mm. what we stand for. And that as we can disagree on, on different issues, as long as we stand on that same foundation of freedom, then we have a path forward. And that was the theme of my speech. I talked about freedom. I, I talked about the vision that the founders of this country had for us and what we share in common. And 
I got like a five minute long standing ovation. Let's go. I wanted to give you one with just that. I want to fly over, <laughs> fly over, fly over. Yeah. But, but here's, the, here's the cool thing. Like I, I would have given that speech to a Democrat audience. I would have given that speech to any audience in this country, which to me just highlights um, the truth is once we're willing to reach out and talk with each other, we then have the opportunity to start to come together and I don't advocate like this is this does not mean you're compromising your principles. This does yeah. not mean you're just like, all right, I'm just going to lay down, and let them walk all over me. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Um, it just allows us the opportunity to start the conversation. And again, remember who we are as people, as Americans. I know that there is more in common that we share than than we're allowed to realize by the the rage mongers, as you said. Yes, exactly. I love all of this. This is why I wanted to have you on. Yay! I'm so happy uh, like, to talk I am, to you. <laughs> I'm such a a fan, a genuine fan of America. Like I grew up a Canadian and I would watch these movies as a kid from, you know, seeing an American soldier punch an alien in the face and save the world <laughs> to, yeah. you know, Top Gun to all these other ones. And it was mm-hmm. always America's going to come and not only stand up for what's right, but save America. And by doing that, save the world. And I did everything I could in my power to become an American immigrant because I just I just always had this American mm-hmm. dream, American dream. I love it. And then when I got here, I was like, uh oh, hey, yeah. did you guys forget? Like, yeah. <laughs> Go watch the movies from the 80s. That's who you are. The reason yeah. Top Gun was such a hit this year across every spectrum of person, everybody mm-hmm. watched that number one movie in the world, is because that's who we are. And I believe yeah. that we all want to be on the same team cheering again, doing what's right, and getting the bad guys when necessary, only when necessary, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. going out looking for fights. Exactly. And not going and waging wars in the name of spreading democracy and freedom Mm, when in fact it's not our job it doesn't work uh you know we look at the path that our country has taken and and still continuing to try to take now uh to have a true representative democracy to really truly have uh freedoms celebrated and upheld which unfortunately we're moving in the wrong direction right now but Mm. how can we be that you know Uh, shining city on a hill that President Ronald Reagan talked about that the world is looking to because we're supposed to represent those ideals of freedom when we are undermining, our leaders are undermining our very freedoms uh, here at home. Every other country has a different path, ultimately change. You know, the United States coming and saying, well, we're going to create a little mini America here and impose democracy and freedom here and there, even with the best of intentions. (laughs) Those things can only come about truly and be sustained when the people in those countries uh, bring about that change for themselves. I completely agree with you. And it feels a little invady, you know, like to be going into someone else's country and imposing your views on them, because that's exactly Exactly. what we say we don't want here. Who are your favorite um, political influencers or people online who have big followings uh you know this may be a controversial one but tucker carlson is a friend and uh he's somebody who uh i don't agree with everything that he says or what he puts out there but i have found him to be a very thoughtful person and i've had discussions with him on different things and found that he actually listens Mm -hmm. and um uh is willing to provide a platform to people who he doesn't always agree with i like that i knew that colbert was basically doing an impression of tucker I did know that. 
-hmm. And then sometime in the last like four years, it almost reversed where Stephen Colbert turned into a parody because the things he was saying weren't true anymore. It, yeah. He wasn't just like poking fun. He was making things up and pushing narratives that weren't accurate. And then I was like, yeah. wait a minute, Tucker's telling the truth. Like, right. <laughs> I don't have to agree with him on everything, but most of yeah. the time he's coming from an angle of truth. And I was like, whoa, people talk yeah. about clown world or upside down world. We're here. Another person I'll mention who's not as well known. Her name is Rachel Campos Duffy. Okay. Uh, she is married to former congressman, uh, congressman Sean Duffy. I just want to point her out because not a lot of people know who she is, but she is a great voice of reason and mm. sanity, often in those panel discussions where you have a lot of people getting all hyped up about a certain thing. And she is often the one saying, hold on a second, guys, let's just stop and think about this and what the consequences are of yes. what you are talking about. And I, I really respect her for that. Oh, that's great. So tell me about the hair. The hair is freaking iconic. Oh, I, I could dress as you. you for Halloween. How did this come about? <laughs> um, it actually, I, I started, my hair started to turn white in this spot uh, after my deployment to Iraq. Okay. And um, it, I was in my, what, like mid-late 20s at the time. Uh, thought it was a little soon. Caught me off guard. But it, I, I've kept it ever since really as a reminder of, um, the costs and the sacrifices that have been made by so many during during my deployment, but but in that war in general, uh, so that I I will never ever forget, and I will continue to fight for peace. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your service, and I mean that. I'm grateful. I mean Thank that. You. I I really have so much respect for all the service people, and uh, a big platform of mine is chronic pain. I spent mm -hmm. seven to eight years of my life in bed after being disabled from a car accident and I overcame ridiculous chronic pain. And I'm looking forward to bringing a lot of that to vets because I don't believe Absolutely. that they're treated properly after war uh, and they don't get yeah. the care they deserve. Um, it's, also, it's such, it is the biggest, sorry, it, it, that, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, this, is, this is the biggest challenge that faces veterans who come home and who bear both the visible and invisible costs of war and are still being, um, tortured by a healthcare system that's not interested in healing. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm always open to being wrong. That's fine. I'm just, I am who I am. But when I see, not that the people in Ukraine don't matter, but when I see billions of dollars being sent out to other countries while our war vets are suffering, I just feel like it's a misappropriation of funds. I feel like American funds for Americans first, including immigrants like me. Um, yeah. I just feel like it's just misappropriation and I would love in my lifetime to help correct that. I think that would be awesome. Um, and also the, the best way, um, the best way to help stop the suffering of the people in Ukraine is to end the war. Uh, we need to be taking those billions, ten, tens of billions of dollars uh, instead of exporting them to the military industrial complex, because let's not be anything but clear-eyed about who's making money off of all this mm -hmm. and actually use that to help our veterans to help people who are struggling and suffering uh, right here at home because a lot of people are in desperate need hundred percent oh we're very aligned on lots of the things we are <laughs> um i think we're also aligned on the fact that you have the hair i'm sure you've been told this you have rogue hair from x-men and it's so interesting <laughs> to know that you got that when you went into battle that's yeah. That, that's a little God wink, I think. That's cool. <laughs> and when you're not politicking, which you're so fantastic at, what is your favorite thing to do? I love the ocean. 
I love being in the water. I uh, obviously grew up in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Grew up in Hawaii, and like instead of learning how to swim in a pool, I took swimming lessons as like a little toddler out in like the calm waters of Ala Moana Beach, and um, I I am more comfortable in in the water than on land, and and I love to surf. The weekend before I left Hawaii and came on this trip. Um, I was like jamming on all these deadlines. My brain was just like had smoke blown out of my head. Like <laughs> I got so much to do. I got so yeah. much to do. Yep, totally. That's exactly what it was. And I'm leaving Tuesday night and I got all these things I got to do. I'm saving a the dear, world. Yeah. <laughs> a dear friend of mine called and was like, Tulsi, um, the waves out at the reef are really good. The conditions are perfect. There's no wind. I think you should go surfing. I'm like, oh, but I got too much. Like, no, Tulsi, get your priorities straight. Get your yeah. board and get in the water. And that's, that's a, a friend. friend for. That's right? a real I friend. Know. Yes. I'm like, cool. Grab I love that. Abraham, we paddled out and it was perfection. And I felt yes. so much better after. <laughs> of course you did. It's almost like yeah. nature and God knows what to do to help us. Completely. Exactly. Completely. You got to take a break and be chill sometimes when you're Recharge. saving the world. Literally. Yeah, no Literally. <laughs> I wanted to ask you one last thing, just on the Hawaii part. What is yeah. that word for good energy? Or like the good vibes. What's that word? Mana. Do you know? Mana. mana. Yes. Mana is is mana is like the power, the internal inner strength and power that sits within each of us, and that comes from God essentially. And we can manifest that. We can you know share that mana in many different ways. Nice. Um, but it is that thing that gives us the strength to stand up and fight for for what is right i love it you are like so, you so hear the mana rock. filled you hear the rock talking about that uh if you watch um oh gosh what's the movie that he was in where he played maui the animated movie moana moana in moana he <laughs> talks about his mana uh but that's really what he's talking about it and it's it's the term is prominent across polynesian culture but it's cool. something obviously that that exists within every one of us well, girl, it's dripping off you. And I would say that you almost have like a similar demeanor to the rock. Like you're calm in the storms and that's because you go out and surf. That's that's so yeah. dope. Well, you are hardcore mana. Uh, like I said, I'm a giant fan. I want everyone to go watch. It's the Tulsi Gabbard show that is now launched, yes. right? Yes. Yes. I love it. Thank you have your you. own show. Talking sense. All the sensical people brought in together to form one X-Men superpower and hopefully save the world, led by Rogue, who will be out surfing if you check her out there. Thank you so much that for coming That sounds like on. the intro to a movie or something. You just did it right there. I'll turn it into a cartoon. Thank you so much Thank for coming so on. Much. Yeah, go Team Tulsi. We can do this again. I would love to. <laughs> so in conclusion, it's time to unite the states of America, because if we don't, literally, it's going to be the end of America as we know it. There's nothing worth fighting about that's worth losing the country that we love, the life we love, the lifestyle we love. Like I said, if we're all willing to die on every hill, that means we're all just going to end up dead. I'm a fan of all of us just not blowing up. <laughs> Big fan of that. Thanks for watching. Keep laughing. Be good to each other in real life. And until next time, go team. I really missed doing that. I really did. Don't forget to like this video, leave a comment, and share it with your friends if you liked it. In fact, share it with your friends if you didn't like it. Maybe they'll like it. Or maybe we'll start a healthy debate that leads to resolution and understanding. Ah, get where I'm going with this? Yeah. And don't forget to subscribe to The Arbor Effect. I got new episodes coming out all the time. Hey. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Good team. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.